0: What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook, right here in Des Plaines, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. Tonight, we got Beeson's betting reporter, Josh Applebaum. He'll be joining us a little bit later in the show, about 20 minutes further on in the program, and we'll be discussing some of his favorite NFL win totals, and we'll see if he's got any action on the diamond as well. I got a play in baseball that we'll get into in just a few moments. Had a nice couple winners last night. Actually, we had the one winner in baseball, and then Mikael Bridges came through for us once again, baby. He's our boy. He's giving us winners and winners right here on the show. Uh, And then later on Rush Hour, we'll talk some more basketball. Andrew Bailey of Bleacher Report. He'll be hopping on. It's not the most entertaining slate in the sense that, you know, some of these teams are still vying for playoff spots. A lot of people are resting. their top guys. So we'll see if there's any kind of, angle that he's seeking out, or even just furthermore, we'll look into the postseason and kind of more in the future's discussion and what he may like in that regard. But, uh, you know, speaking of the NBA, let's kind of get into a section that we have talked about every now and then, and those are the odds to reach the playoffs. And I tweeted this out yesterday, you know, half joking, half serious, uh, because my producer, Jacob Roach, is a diehard Celtics fan, and he is an advocate of playing this bet, and that is fading the Boston Celtics. To make the playoffs. So if you think that Boston is going to reach the playoffs at Bet Rivers, the yes is minus 835. The no is now five to one. I actually threw a little bit of lunch money on the no yesterday at plus 450, and now you're even getting better on it. It's funny though, because look, the Celtics team, you know, they're missing Jalen Brown for the rest of the year. Uh, and aside from that, even if he was in the mix, I mean, this team really never caught a rhythm at any point. So They're going to be in the play-in game, and realistically, I mean, it's going to be the Hornets or the Pacers in the first matchup, but still, them against the Hornets isn't going to be the easiest matchup by any means. I think the Pacers are probably, I I would argue, the worst team among that group. We have to bet the no plus 260 for them to miss the playoffs, so we'll be sweating that out. But look, at 5-1, I mean, who's to say that the Hornets can't beat the Celtics there? And then if for some reason they get matched up with the Wizards then the Wizards are still a team that's kind of really primed for this type of environment in this single elimination aspect. But again, is it going to happen? Probably not, but just based on the value, again, just throwing some lunch money on it, just some chump change, I think it could be something fun to kind of sweat out based on that value and really how poor the Celtics team has been playing as of late. Still got Kemba Walker, still got Marcus Smart, and you still got Jason Tatum, I understand that. But look, the Celtics team has just really been in a rocky road. Uh, ever since. I mean, it's really been the whole year, and it really hasn't just been since Jalen Brown. They just haven't been you know, catching a hot streak by any means. So, that may be something to look forward to if you just want some good value with the NBA playing game. And then even another squad that you could look at for some plus money still. Now, this was about over 4-1 to maybe a month ago or so, and certainly that would have been the time to play it, but the Wizards to reach the playoffs, their yes is plus 130. The no is minus 167. So, What you got to figure here with the Wizards is, okay, how are they going to be priced in a game-by-game situation? That first matchup against the Pacers, I would argue that the Wizards should probably be the favorite in that game. And even if you're putting putting them against the Celtics or Hornets, that's a tough one with the Wizards and the Hornets. I don't know how I would price that one accordingly, honestly. It all really depends, of course, if Bradley Beal is going to be in the mix. I mean, you're assuming he's going to be healthy by then. But against the Celtics, too, it's still a tougher matchup. But Boston probably be the slight favorite there with the home court advantage as well. So you'd still be getting the Wizards as a little bit of a plus price in that second game. So maybe you hold off and you don't take the S plus 130 now. Wait to see if they get into that next spot. That could be the better option. But look, all I'm saying is this Wizards team is probably going to make some noise in this playing game. We've seen them do it as of late. But again, you have to realize that Bradley Beal is the main culprit of that, and he needs to be playing. So that's why they've been struggling a little bit because he's been sitting out. But the Wizards could be a viable option. So uh, still a couple plays there that could be worth with the playing game, the yes, plus 130 for the Wizards. And, hey, if you just want to have something for fun, the Celtics to miss the playoffs and no at 5-1 to one isn't bad value whatsoever, in my opinion. So that's the way I would kind of handicap it. If you're still playing these reach the playoff odds, yeah, you can still go with the Grizzlies. You can still go with the Warriors, who are closer to a pick or a little bit chalky. With those, I'd rather just do the game-by-game basis. Certainly with the Lakers, yes, is a huge favorite for them to make the playoffs naturally. And they're still the short shot to win the finals. So uh, you can still go bet those now, though, at Bet Rivers. So they're probably going to be taken down soon enough once it gets to the game-by-game basis. Very excited to look forward to the NBA playing game as we get closer and closer to the postseason. Once again, the show is Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook, right here in Des Plaines, Illinois. Josh Applebaum, Beeson's betting reporter, will be joining us in about 20 minutes. Talk NFL schedules, season win totals. I know he liked a team in particular in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so we'll kind of preview that ourselves in just a few moments. Andrew Bailey will be hopping on to talk some hoops, as we were just alluding to, the playing game and some of those bets that you can still make the Celtics and the Wizards, the two teams we focused in on. But before we hit all of that, I did want to throw out one more play that I did have tonight in baseball. We'll go through the slate a little bit later because I have two plays, but one of them is going to be having first pitch a little bit earlier, and that's going to be the Phillies and the Blue Jays. So I wanted to throw this one out now. Uh, Toronto currently is minus 152 as the favorite, plus 130 on the buyback for Philadelphia. This totals a high one at 11. So you're getting Vince Velasquez taking the bump for Philadelphia in this spot. Steven Matt, the Southpaw taking it for the Blue Jays. 5-2 is what we're seeing from Matt's thus far with a 4.86 ERA, a 3.78 X VIP, so not too sh- or not too bad whatsoever. Uh, the whip is 1.27. So he's really been serviceable for the most part. Velasquez on the other side, 1-0 with a 4.18 ERA. A 4.41 X VIP, which is not solid for Velasquez. And then a 1.48 whip, which is even a little bit more untrustworthy if you want to back him. Now, the Blue Jays are coming off a sweep with the Braves. They beat them in three games. They're on, uh, they're on a nice roll right now. The Phillies coming off that 5-1 loss at Washington. So Toronto versus righties, and what we've been talking about, instead of looking at the long season trends, we, we discussed this with Steve Mackinan the other day. Look at a little bit more recent because of how trendy baseball is. So the last 15 days, Toronto versus righties, 786 OPS, which is second best in the big leagues. Conversely, Philly against Southpaws the last 15 days, 681 OPS, which is 22nd worst in the big leagues. Now also going a little bit further in terms of the bullpen, Toronto's got a really solid pen, 2.87 bullpen ERA. The Phillies, 4.51 bullpen ERA. Also looks like JT Real Muto uh, did not travel with the team for COVID-19 protocol reasons. You've seen the line move in favor of Toronto, minus 135 at the opener. Again, now it's up to minus 152. I played it at about minus 146 earlier today. Minus 152 is a little steep. I could understand if you want to back away at this point, but I do think the Blue Jays get the job done, and that's the team that I played in this matchup with Toronto taking on Philly. Like we said, we still got another play to come a little bit later in baseball. and We'll preview some more of the slate. But Just wanted to throw that one out there now. That's going to have first pitch in about, let's see, 22 minutes or so, and we weren't going to hit it by then. So uh, rolling with the Blue Jays tonight against the Phillies. Like we did yesterday, let's get into a little bit more NFL schedule talk along with those season win totals. I told you Josh Applebaum's going to be hopping on the program, and what he tweeted out yesterday, and this may seem like it would be the chalky play, and he's the guy who goes against the public discuss the tampa bay buccaneers and their win total on twitter now again we'll discuss this furthermore with josh when he gets on but i completely agree with his assessment here because if you look at the tampa bay buccaneers 11 and a half is where we're seeing their win total it is shaded to the over slightly minus 125 under 11 and a half is plus 103 of course you're considering that the season is expanded by one more game with the 17 games but you know everybody's going to want to be jumping on the under you would think. And, and I get that, but remember and consider that this Tampa Bay team is bringing back all of their 22 starters from the Super Bowl, And you know, who knows in their division what the saints are going to be. I mean, the Panthers are going to be the Panthers. I don't have that much faith in them. And then, and then when you're just looking further into, I mean, the Falcons, I think are going to take a little step forward, but not enough to have any confidence that, you know, I, it would shy me away from betting this over because of the two games against the bucks. Now, Looking at their schedule, I mean, they open up with a home game versus Dallas, home game versus Atlanta. To me, those are two wins. Go on the road against the Rams, that's going to be a tough one, not counting that as a win. uh, That's going to be a toss-up. New England, one of those teams that I keep saying, probably a question mark surrounding it because, look, you're going to be getting some players who opted out last season, but still there's so much concern on that offense that was just abysmal that I don't really know what to make of this New England team. I don't have that high hopes for them you think I would give the edge in the revenge game for Tom Brady, too. A little bit more than Bill Belichick. So could be a good spot for Tampa Bay. Not only there, you get Miami at home on the road against Philly. versus Chicago at New Orleans at Washington. versus the Giants, which will be a nice setup. A couple road games against the Colts in Atlanta. Uh, the Buffalo Bills at home, which is nice to have that one at home. Same with the Saints. As of course, you're going to have a couple against the Saints. Panthers on the road, then you go against the Jets on the road and the Panthers once again. So basically all I'm saying is I think there is a pretty solid path for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to get 12 wins. Now, of course, you're laying the minus 125 to do so, but really the games that you could put as the toss-up into where you're a little bit scared that could contribute to their losses is going to be week three on the road against the Rams. These are probably the likely ones. Uh, week eight on the road against the Saints. Even week 10 against Washington on the road could be a little bit dicey. Revenge of the playoff matchup. Uh, And then just going from against the Bills isn't going to be easy by any means. And the things that makes you a little bit cautious, I guess, would be the Colts. And the Colts are the team that I keep seeing on everybody's schedule and go, what kind of Colts team are we going to get? Because I don't trust Carson Wentz. It's going to take him a little bit of of a while to get acclimated. We talked about this with Mike Pritchard and implementing a quarterback into a new situation. So this Colts team is tough for me to judge based on these season. Win totals and looking ahead at the schedule, especially that late in the season. But again, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are set up for a pretty beneficial schedule in their favor. And I think they go over 11 and a half like Josh does. But, you know, with that being said, I mean, looking at their division odds, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers certainly at the top of that list. And again, the Saints are going to be a team that we'll see how they kind of translate without Drew Brees in the mix. But the Bucs minus 190, the big chalky favorite to win the NFC South. The Saints at 3-1, the Falcons plus 750, and then you get the Panthers at 11-1. It's hard to want to trust the Saints team without their Hall of Fame quarterback and Drew Brees. I'm not saying I want to lay the minus 190 with Tampa Bay because injuries could still be devastating at any point in the season. But just wanted to throw it out there. That's how we stack up or that's how they've stacked up the NFC South odds. Again, if you're looking to bet the Buccaneers, I'd prefer doing the over 11 and a half minus 125 as opposed to laying the minus 190 for them to win the NFC South. Let's kind of switch it up with divisions here because this is a team that I was going to look into because as we alluded to yesterday, what we like to dive into is Warren Sharp's graph that he puts out based on the forecasted opponent season win totals that determines the strength of schedule from easiest to hardest. And one of the teams that I've been counting for a lot of people to have wins over and that just do have a tough schedule according to his graph is the New York Giants. Now, the Giants have a win total of seven. It is shaded to the over, minus 130. The under is plus 107. I kind of see, realistically, the Giants probably pushing right at that seven mark. But if I'm going one way or the other, I still would think the under has a little bit more value. Not only because, you know, that's the underdog there at plus 107. But I think it's easier to expect failure out of this Giants team than them taking a big stride forward. I'm not sold on Jones by any means any more than I have been the seasons prior. Uh, Their defense, I will see what kind of leap they can take forward, if at all. The receivers will be stacked. I mean, you get Galladay, you get Kadarius Toney in the draft. You still got Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton, Saquon Barkley back in the mix. I know there should be some more hype offensively as long as Daniel Jones gets enough protection and he has those guys to throw to. But the defense is still what's scaring me a little bit. So... The winnable games, when you look at the New York Giants, you get the Broncos at home, that could be winnable. Again, Denver is one of those tricky teams, what their quarterback situation may or may not be. the Falcons at home, the Panthers at home, Raiders, Eagles, Cowboys, and Washington, the division guys, those are going to be at home too. I'm not saying those are going to be wins per se for the Giants, but they're the more advantageous game for the G-Men. Now, a lot of tough games here, and certainly these are going to include the road division spots on the road against Washington, on the road against new orleans on the road against the cowboys you get the rams but they're at home but it's still the rams and it's not going to be an easy test by any means you're on the road against the chiefs bucks dolphins chargers eagles and the bears so if you have a little bit more faith in this giants team than i do maybe you'll lay the minus 130 to the over but i don't think it's worth laying that juice i'm probably staying away because i honestly see them sticking at seven But the under plus at 107 if i'm going anywhere that would probably be the value play because i think their offense could not surprise some people because you see all these acquisitions and you're assuming they're going to have a little bit of improvement but again that defense and just the coaching overall is still suspect and up in the air to me so with the giants uh just kind of sticking away from it overall but what could be intriguing to dive into a little bit deeper speaking of the giants in that division let's look at these nfc east dots because we do see dallas like we typically have as of late a short shot to win the division plus 125 for the Dallas Cowboys. What can we expect out of Dak Prescott and his Dallas team? Plus 260 coming up next for Ryan Fitzmagic and the Washington football team. The Giants then come in at plus three fifty. And then at the bottom, the Philadelphia Eagles at five to one. So with the Cowboys, it seems like you look at this division and you know how ugly and gruesome it's going to be. And seems like the Cowboys have typically been the easy choice to make, but you have an injury like last year and everything goes crazy, and that's football for you. But Washington, what their advantage is, certainly that defense that is just absolutely top-notch, completely the opposite of what we have in Dallas with the Cowboys. Can you expect Fitzpatrick to have some consistency throughout this whole season? If you do, then yes, the value play certainly would be with Washington, in my opinion, at plus 260. But again, that offense that Dells has could be lethal. Yet again, if Dak Prescott can get back to where he was before the injury, the Giants at plus 350. No thank you. I would rather take the Eagles at five to one beforehand. I, you know, I'm kind of low-key a Jalen Hurts guy. I was, you know, touting for him to be starting over Wentz for such a long time, and I think he did okay. He did well enough. That offensive line is so bad, but he's an athlete. He's able to evade a lot of that pressure, which helped stacked up a little bit more so with the receivers you needed help defensively and you did address those necessities in the draft we'll see if it translates right away with the new coaching staff but i think the eagles will slowly start to turn it around again but you know i'm not going to play them at five to one so washington at plus 260 would probably be the best bet for the NFC East. i'm not going to be shocked if the cowboys come out on top but you trust the defense a little bit more so than you do with the potential of what this dallas offense could be so the washington football team at plus 260 would maybe be the angle I would go at this far out for the NFC East. All right, let's switch it up, though. Let's go with a team that is certainly very popular with the best quarterback in the NFL. We haven't touched on their season win total and or schedule yet. That is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. High win total, 12 and a half. The over is the dog, plus 123. The under, minus a buck, 50. So I kind of lean toward the chalk here with the under minus 150 again. In any situation, not only is it hard sometimes to fade Kansas City, but especially with their win total. And to lay minus 150 to do so isn't necessarily too intriguing. But 12-5 and five seems pretty realistic to me with Kansas City. Again, not rushing to lay that price by any means. But look, the easier games they have, you could always say it's all of them because it's the Kansas City Chiefs and it's Patrick Mahomes. But realistically, they get the Browns week one at home. That's going to be that playoff uh, rematch that we saw this past season. Then you get the Chargers at home, Giants at home, Packers at home. But even if Aaron Rodgers is in the mix, you still give a slight advantage at Arrowhead with the Chiefs. And then you look furthermore, uh, you get the Raiders on the road and at home, obviously with the division split. The Cowboys at home, Broncos at home, Pittsburgh at home, on the road against the Bengals. So, yes, those are the easier games you imagine for this Chiefs team. I put the Raiders twice because, in my opinion, they're probably the worst team in the division. they should be able to beat them both home and road. Tougher games, though, for the Kansas City Chiefs. You get the Ravens week two on the road, and I know not a lot of people, again, are high on the Eagles, but it's still a little bit tougher traveling against Philly. Uh, Then you get on the road against Washington, on the road against Tennessee right after that Washington game. That's why that could be a tricky kind of two-week span, week six and week seven. You're on the road against Washington, then on the road against the Titans. And I think they probably split with the Chargers, honestly. They played each other fairly you know, tight this past year, and I think the Chargers do improve. So I think they could probably split that series. And same thing with Denver, too. It's always tough to go into Mile High City, and even more so if Aaron Rodgers maybe is going to be in the mix. And even if not, probably just to be safe when you're handicapping the season win totals, imagine that they're going to split those two games. But the Kansas City Chiefs, 12 half. Again, the over plus 123 could look a little juicy, and I know it's easy to assume that they're just going to dominate every year and just take control of the division. The under minus 150, I do think smarter play would to say that they stay under 12.5, but laying the minus 150 isn't worth it. So overall, this team's Excuse me, this team's just going to be a stay away. I'm getting choked up talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. I get real emotional talking about Patrick Mahomes and company. But no, minus 150 to the under would be the only play. But again, too much delay in that spot for Kansas City. Now, uh, going back to the Bears, I know we briefly touched on this yesterday. Seven and a half is where we saw their win total at. And I know I said going to the under at minus 130. And I was having an intriguing conversation earlier today, just kind of about Justin Fields and how soon – he could actually get into the mix. And what I think is interesting, and you have to consider when you're handicapping this Bears win total, how soon, I mean, we said this yesterday, but how soon do you really think Justin Fields is going to be implemented? Is it going to be right away? Is it going to be after a couple of weeks? Or is it going to be later in the year? If they go with Andy Dalton, he actually has a pretty nice schedule set up for him to make him look better than he might actually be. Yes, week one is going to be brutal on the road against the Rams, but then you get the revenge game versus Cincinnati. On the road against Cleveland, which will be a tough spot, but their secondary not that great this past season. Detroit at home, on the road against the Raiders who have a bad defense. Then you get the Packers who have a bad defense as well. This is where it gets awful, though, for the Bears. On the road against Tampa Bay, great defense. 49ers at home, great defense. On the road against Pittsburgh, great defense. Then that goes into the bye week. Is there a chance that Andy Dalton makes it all the way to that bye week? If you're a Bears fan, you're certainly hoping not. But look, then Fields could come back after the bye week in an extra week of practice, home game versus the Ravens. That could be a likely case. Who knows if Andy Dalton dominates or does well enough against those poor defenses and secondaries to get him all the way to 7, 8, and 9. I don't think it's going to happen, but that's something you got to consider when looking at these teams where they have iffy quarterback situations. Had rookie midi camp today for the Bears. A lot of good news coming out of there about Justin Fields. So, hey, we'll see what happens here in the Windy City. But we'll talk more football. Josh Applebaum, Beeson's betting reporter, will be joining us in 15 minutes. We'll get his thoughts, plus another baseball play coming your way next on Rush Out. Get the most out of all odds with Bet Rivers. Daily hometown discounts on boosts on your favorite teams, only at your hometown sportsbook. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports. Instant payouts and only one time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only. Must be a 21 or older. Gambling problem. Call 1 800 gambler. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board's statewide voluntary self exclusion program. Once again, daily hometown discounts available. At BetRivers.com. Welcome back into Rush Hour right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. The Rivers Casino in Des Plaines, Illinois. Still to come on the program, VEASAN's betting reporter Josh Applebaum joins us to give us his top plays of the night and a play with the NFL season win totals post-schedule release. We got Andrew Bailey of Bleacher Report to talk some hoops tonight and looking forward to the postseason. Let's kind of bring it back to Major League Baseball. I did have a play that I released earlier. If you could still get it, we're taking the Blue Jays tonight as they take on the Phillies. The line has moved up a lot, though. Got about minus 146. Now it's at about minus 162 let's get you another play that doesn't have first pitch till a little bit later at about 7.40 p.m. Central Time at Coors Field. We got the Rockies taking on the Cincinnati Reds. High-scoring affair like we typically see at Coors Field. Last night, the Rockies beat the Reds 13-8, an eight-run inning. The Reds made it interesting, but the Rockies got the job done. Tonight in this matchup, the Reds lane minus 113 on the road. The Rockies minus 106. Total at 10.5, shaded slightly to the under in this spot. Now, Wade Miley's coming off his no-hit performance. The southpaw, aside from that, is also 4-2 and on the year with a two-flat ERA, 3.32 BIP, and a .75 WHIP. Miley, the vet, has really been solid this season, of course, considering he did just throw a no-hitter. Marquez, he's going to be on the opposite side for the Rockies. Not the best season for Marquez. 1-4, uh, 5.49 ERA with a 4.16 xBIP and a 1.65 WHIP. Rockies vs. Southpaws the last 15 days. We're trying to look at a little bit of a shorter sample size. They have got a 720 OPS, which is 13th in the big leagues. Not too shabby. Uh, Reds versus Righties the last 15 days. 748 OPS, which is 8th best. But also, they have the 2nd best OPS against Righties in Major League Baseball overall this season. Now, both of these teams do have terrible bullpens, a 5.50 ERA for Cincy, 5.74 ERA for the Rockies. But again, Marquez, you look at him, I mean, he's allowed 13 earned runs over his last 10 and two-thirds inning over these past three starts, which have all been losses. So I don't trust him, especially in the hitters-friendly ballpark that is Coors Field. And I don't want to have to trust a Reds bullpen in the sense what some of the books do a good job at offering is, of course, the first five opportunities for betting. More importantly, the spread when it comes to the first five. So I was able to find the Reds' first five catching a half run. I laid minus 136 to do so. I know that seems like a throwing a lot out there. So basically, if after five innings the Reds are either winning or it's tied, then I still win that bet. I think the Reds probably win this game overall. But I like the first five angles, so I don't have to trust the shaky bullpen that is Cincinnati. So I took the Reds on the first five, catching a half run, laid minus 136, hoping that Miley continues his great pitching outings that we've seen lately and that the Reds' offense can do enough against Marquez tonight in Coors Field with the Reds taking on the Rockies. So that's what I got in that matchup along with the Blue Jays like we discussed earlier. Let's briefly tease this game as we'll hit this also with Josh Applebaum next. But the Braves and the Brewers is an interesting matchup tonight because Atlanta, they just got swept by the aforementioned Toronto Blue Jays. The Brewers themselves are coming off a 2-0 loss versus the Cardinals last night. Drew Smiley, the Southpaw, taking the bump for Atlanta. Adrian Hauser on the mound for the Brewers, who's been solid like most of the rotation for Milwaukee. He's 3-3 with a 3.44 ERA, 3.20 X vip and a 1.23 WHIP. Now, Smiley, you know, you're kind of accustomed to him not being solid, and that's exactly what the case has been this year. 1.48 whip with a 5.40 X WHIP. he's wanted to on the year. Uh, look, Smiley has not been good. My concern is can the Brewers produce enough offense? If there's a time to do it, you think it would be tonight against Smiley and company. So, look, I mean, the Braves offense has been abysmal as of late as well. Brewers pitching has been consistently dominant. We've Seen the line move in favor of Milwaukee about minus 120 at the opener. Currently at Bed Rivers, they're minus 139 at home. Total open day ticked down to seven and a half. Again, the Brewers have no offense. Or yeah, the Brewers have no offense, but they have good pitching. The Braves at the same time. I mean, they've been slumping as a late. However, you see Atlanta also two to one to win the division. You think they pick it up soon? Keep an eye on that, and also keep an eye on that game this evening. We'll discuss that more so with Josh Applebaum, decent betting reporter. He'll discuss this game, a little bit of NBA, and his favorite NFL season win total bet that he saw early on. Plenty more to come right here on Rush Hour. Stick around. The Preakness. It's tomorrow evening, and VEASAN has everything you need to get a betting edge. Visit VEASAN.com slash horses to find our full race coverage and picks from horse racing specialists, plus get a special offer from our partners at First Bet. First Bet is giving $20 in free bets for all new users who sign up now using the promo code VEGAS20. Also, everyone who redeems this $20 free bet offer will receive full access to VEASAN's subscription product for free from now through the Belmont Stakes. So sign up now and you'll get analysis and wagering on every race with AI-assisted picks, secure payments, tentative customer service, and a reliable website. Check it out, vsun.com horses now for the special offer and expert analysis on the Preakness. That's vsun.com slash horses. Back at it here on Rush Hour on vsun, the sports betting network. It is time to bring on one of our own Josh Applebaum, vsun's betting reporter. Josh, you know we got a little bit more limited time this evening, so let's get right into it with an NFL win total bet you like based on the schedule that was released. I talked about it a little bit earlier. Tampa Bay Buccaneers 11 and a half. Why do you like the over in the spot for Tom Brady and company?
1: Yeah, Danny, so first off, thanks for having me on. And by the way, happy uh, third anniversary of PASPA being revealed, uh, being repealed here. Obviously, for us in the industry, this is a huge anniversary three years ago today. Uh, we really saw the floodgates open for legalized betting. So it's a great day, uh, not just at the weekends here, but PASPA being repealed. But Danny, uh, to me, this one really jumped out to me. And we had scheduled day the other day, huge big day on Twitter and people talking about lines. And it was really exciting. My thing is, it's way too early to bet these games. There's too many unknowns. Injuries could happen. There could be more free agent signings trades so i'm not really betting any of these games as of now however one thing that jumped out to me is can we use these schedules now to kind of help us maybe cash a win total so what jumped out to me is it seems kind of obvious and it seems kind of chalky but sometimes chalky plays end up winning here danny even though you know i'm a and i love to go the other way but i got the stamp of approval from uh from our expert michael lombardi and i made this bet uh this week so it's the buccaneers over 11 and a half Win total. So first off, we see the whole Buck schedule, and the biggest thing here, a couple different factors why you may like it. Again, they go 11 and 5 last year. Obviously, they get hot in the playoffs and win the whole thing. Uh, but this year, they have the fourth easiest schedule based on their opponents' records from last year. They went 126 and 145. They're playing an opponent schedule with a win percentage of 465 from last year. So fourth easiest schedule, a ton of stability. You can't underrate that. They're going to return all 22 all 22 starters from the Super Bowl. You also have Brady in year two. You think, he, you know, he gets older and older and gets better and better like a fine wine here, Danny. But you got to imagine year two in Tampa, he feels even a little bit more acclimated. Uh, also, you're going to really feast on two of the weakest divisions in football, the own their own division, the NFC South, where no more Drew Brees. And you have, you know, the Panthers and the Falcons kind of rebuilding. We're also going to play the NFC East with all those, you know, 500 teams in that division. So 11-5 and last year and the key to me this year. Number one, you get the extra game. You get all the factors we just talked about, uh, again, with the 17-game season this year. But here's the key, Danny. I like looking at what the oddsmakers are telling us. And they're telling us that the half win total, look at the juice. The over is juiced up to minus 120. So that's kind of telling you they're making you pay a higher price on this bucks over for a reason. And if you just go through the schedule, I tweeted about it, at uh, Josh underscore insights, my Twitter account. But go through each one of these games, Danny. And I know it's, it's kind of like uh, knee-jerk. You know, this is a win. This is a loss. But if you really look at each game, it's hard to find more than five losses here. I mean, their toughest games are going to be probably at the Rams, at the Patriots, which uh, in New England, Danny, we cannot wait for that game, October third. The early line is Buccaneers minus three and a half, Brady's return to New England, and then at the Colts and versus the Bills, and even and even those, if you give them all losses, there, you know, you're still tw- you know a, a 12 and five type schedule. So it seems chalky, but a lot of you know the planets seem to be aligning here for an over 11 and a half bucks win total in Tom Brady's second year. In Tampa Bay,
0: I know it's funny. I was saying the same thing. I was like, it seems like the chalky play, and especially if you know if Josh is riding it, it's gotta be a good look. But I'm with you completely, <laughs> Josh. I I like the Bucks here over 11 and a half. And really, again, it seems like ah, that seems like that would be too easy. Why isn't everybody doing it? But if you're going to, maybe better to do it now rather than later, before the line keeps moving or the number even gets adjusted up to 12. So completely with you in terms of the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's kind of flip the script here, Josh. Focus a little bit more short-sighted tonight in baseball. Uh, Let's go with a Braves-Brewers matchup. Tease this one a little bit before we brought you on. Big movement toward Milwaukee. Atlanta has been slumping lately, and they're throwing out Smiley, who has just really been bad this season. Uh, Do you like the Brewers to pull this one out? you think they'll have enough offense capable of doing so?
1: I do, Danny. I I like the Brewers here for a couple reasons. Number one, even though Atlanta's slumping, they still have a lot of young players. They're an exciting team. They've gotten better the last few years. So there's still this public mindset of, you know, you think the Braves are the great team from years past, but they're not playing like it right now. So 17 and 20, they just got swept at home by Toronto. Look at Milwaukee. They They got a good record, 20 and 18, and it's kind of a public perception of, the Braves are better than kind of those small market brewers, but that's really not the case this year. Even though Milwaukee did just drop two or three to St. Louis, they're above 500 and they're playing pretty decent. What I like with this one, Danny, public is still taking Atlanta saying this line is way too high. Yeah, maybe Atlanta's slumping a bit, but I can get plus 123 on the Braves against the lowly uh, brew crew here. You have the public jumping on this plus money. So what does that do? It creates a trendy dog opportunity. And I like to bet on gross dogs, Danny, as you know, when they become trendy and popular, to me, they lose a lot of their value. So to me, it's all about the line move. If you look at Milwaukee, the majority of bets are on Atlanta tonight. And as you said, Danny Smiley is ERA. I think it's like, what is it, around like seven, six and a half or seven or something like that. But our guy Doogie Hauser tonight, Adrian Hauser, 3-3, three and three, 3.44 ERA. To me, it's all about the line move, Danny. Milwaukee opened at minus 120, even though publics on Atlanta. Milwaukee is now up to around minus 130. That's a pretty uh, sharp fade-the-trendy-dog contrarian move toward milwaukee at home then a couple systems i like uh steam 10 cents or more on a home team and not in a non-division game so you don't have to worry about that divisional dog edge those spots are 51 and 34 this year 60 percent also favorite with a low total these low totals benefit favorites fewer amount of expected runs scored more likely it's going to come going to come from quote unquote that better team so looks like the braves how do you not take that plus money but to me milwaukee brewers are kind of a sharp contrarian play tonight
0: I like it. Yeah, Smiley with a 6.12 ERA and a 5.40 XFIP. So Smiley, not a favorable guy to trust so far this season. I'm with you, though, Josh. I'll be rooting for the Brew Crew despite me being a Cubs fan because realistically, don't have that much hope for the Cubs to win the division anyways. But, hey, I'm with you, my man. As always, thanks for taking some time and look forward to talking more about NFL and baseball in the coming weeks.
1: You're the best, Danny. Have a great weekend, my man.
0: Josh underscore insights is where you can follow Josh on Twitter, the market insights podcast Monday through Friday. And also Josh does a fantastic job filling in on the Lombardi line, betting across America and many more right here on VEASAN, the sports betting network. All right, that's going to wrap it up for some baseball talk here on a Friday. Let's go back to hoops. We briefly teased it at the very beginning of the show with some odds to reach the playoffs. Let's look at tonight's slate. While it's not the most attractive one as we're getting closer and closer to the end of the regular season. Andrew Bailey, NBA writer over at Bleacher Report, he'll get us geared up for the action tonight. And even furthermore along, when it comes to the postseason, who could be a viable option with some value, Andrew's going to tell us next. So stick around as we wrap up another edition of Rush Hour right here on Decent Key Sports Betting Network. the most out of all odds with Rivers Daily hometown discounts on boosts on all of your favorite teams only at your hometown sportsbook and to make your experience even more rewarding. Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Daily hometown discounts available at BetRivers.com wrapping up yet another edition of rush hour here on Vison the sports betting network Danny Burke live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook up in Des Plaines Illinois just outside of Chicago plenty of NBA action to look forward to tonight however we are missing a bunch of players and you know, it's always a little bit trickier uh, trickier to handicap the closer and closer you get to the end of the season so we're going to take a little bit deeper look further heading in to the playoffs with andrew bailey does a great job covering the association over at bleacher report at andrew d bailey's where you can follow him on twitter now andrew to start the show i kind of threw this out and i tweeted about it actually the other night uh look this may just be a pipe dream but they have odds to reach the playoffs for these teams right on the bubble and in the playing games the celtics they have the yes for them to make the playoffs minus 835 the big favorite the no is 5-1. to one. Is it crazy to think that the Celtics could miss out on the postseason this year?
2: No, I don't think it's crazy. Um, given the way that they've looked, first of all, all season, they've just been so up and down, so inconsistent. Um, and then for them to lose for the remainder of the season, Jalen Brown a couple weeks ago or whatever it was, maybe even a week ago, um, they're very much in jeopardy. After Kemba Walker and Jason Tatum, they're, they're just really, and even might even throw Kemba into this mix. I don't know how many sure things are on that roster. Um, and the other teams in the in tournament, I mean, there there are not a bunch of teams that would terrify you, but I could certainly see them losing to the Hornets and the Wizards or even the Hornets and the Pacers. That's kind of how it's set up right now. I think they'll have to play the Hornets first. Um so no, it's not out of the question. I think the league has done a good job of, of giving a pretty strong advantage to those teams in the 7-8 spot where you only have to win one game. Um, but, yeah, I, I would not be surprised if Boston ends up sitting at home through the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and so that's why I'm kind of saying, like, hey, if you want to toss a little bit of change on there, just some lunch money, I mean, the no at 5-1 to one isn't too shabby at all. So I think that could be a real thing that wouldn't surprise a lot of people. And again, you talk about the possible matchup with a team like Charlotte, who's getting a little bit healthier as we get further and further along. How do you think those two teams would fare against each other? Do you almost give the advantage to the Hornets in a head-on-head game with those two?
2: Yeah, I think with Jalen Brown out, that might be fair. Um, I've been checking somewhat regularly here the last couple weeks to see if Gordon Hayward might be ready for that game, and I'm not sure that he will be. I think he just came out of his boot maybe a week or so ago. So he's probably still a little ways away. If he was available, I would I would be pretty comfortable with the Hornets, honestly. But they do have Lamelo back now. Um, Devonte Graham has been playing really well lately. There may be a little element of Terry Rozier revenge. <laughs> I mean, if he's got it in his mind that he can knock out the team that essentially traded him. I know I know Charlotte signed him in free agency, but it was basically a trade him for Timber. Um, there's, there's a lot of intrigue there, and I wouldn't, again, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Charlotte could pull that off.
0: Lately with you. So that'll be a fun one to watch unfold. What about the Wizards, another team here in the East, in that 10th slot right now, right behind the Pacers. The yes for the Wizards to reach the playoffs is plus 130. The no is the favorite at minus 167. It might just be worth it to wait until that second game to bet them where you can maybe get similar value depending on who they're matched up with. But do you put the Wizards as potentially one of the two teams that is going to find a way in the postseason?
2: Yeah, first of all, I think you'd probably be smart to wait out um, that first result like you just said there. But if you just look at from a pure talent perspective of those four teams, again, you're considering the fact that Jalen Brown's out, Gordon Hayward's probably out. Um, The Wizards with Beal and uh, Westbrook, and I know Beal's hurt right now, but I think he'll be back for the play-in games they've got great talent in that backcourt. Um, and I think a similar thing happened with Russ this year that happened last year with the Rockets. You know, he spent his entire career in OKC where everything was very much catered to him. Um, and then I think these, these two new franchises that he's had in each of the last two seasons, the Rockets and the Wizards, they weren't quite ready for the Russ experience. And so things were kind of rocky in the first half of the season. But in each of the last two seasons, he's just been ridiculous in the second half of the season. I think the last time I checked, um, he's got something like 25, 13, and 13 since the All-Star break, um, which is obviously just absurd. And, and that's not that surprising for us because we've seen Westbrook get so many triple doubles over the last few years. What is encouraging, if you're a Wizards fan, is he's getting those numbers without hurting the team. Um, they, they've been better with him on the floor since the All-Star break. So I think things have come together for the Wizards. I mean, if they hadn't been hit so hard by the health and safety protocols and all the other stuff early in the season, they might not be in this position. Um, You know, they have some lineups that are are really intriguing to me. With Gafford there now, I think he's a good rim protector, and I think Bertans makes a lot of sense with those two guards facing the floor for them. So if they're fully healthy and clicking, um, I, I, I think that could be a pretty decent bet.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. And like you said, too, I mean, I think the smarter play just based on the value you're getting now, wait till if they get to that game two spot. But again, the Wizards would not shock a lot of people, myself included, if they find their way in the postseason. Kind of perfectly fit for this single elimination type of format. All right, let's switch it up to the West now, Andrew. Now, this is intriguing for the fact that the Lakers are probably, well, maybe not probably, but right now, they're looking to be in the playing game, and it would be them and the Warriors in the first matchup Grizzlies and Spurs for the 9 and 10th seed. Any, I mean, who do you think are going to be the top two teams? The easy answer, obviously, is Lakers, but then I guess it gets dicey with Golden State and Memphis. How do you figure this playing game on the Western Conference side of things plays out?
2: Yeah, I get the sense with the Lakers that they're just being, uh, with LeBron and AD, they're just being abundantly cautious. Uh, You know, we've gotten reports for, I think, the last two or three games that LeBron would be back, and then it kind of gets called off at the last minute, which tells me that he's probably close. Um, So if he's, if he's even, you know, 95% and AD, is playing, I have a really hard time seeing any of those teams beat the Lakers. Um, You know, when, when they lock in, I think they're still maybe the best team in the Western conference. And so to put them against a seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th type team, um, they'll probably be fine. So maybe we can kind of push them to the side. Um, and then, it, to me, it's kind of between the Warriors and the Grizzlies, and I believe those two teams might play each other on the last game of the regular season, um, so a lot will be sorted out there. But it's, it's really um, very different team structures there. The Warriors, I think, have two, um, you know, obviously at least one all-time great, Curry at the top of the roster And green, has been, I think, underrated this season. I think he's had a phenomenal year. Um, so those two are great, but things kind of fall off a cliff after those two guys whereas the grizzlies they don't have anybody on the level of of Steph, obviously and they may have a couple guys right around draymond's level but they're so much deeper um so that that's a really intriguing matchup to me i know the drama and the intrigue the the matchup that the league would probably want to play in is obviously the lakers and the warriors um but from a basketball perspective and just sort of a clash of styles i think warriors and grizzlies is fun too and and not to discount the Spurs, but I, I just think they're a distant fourth out of those four teams.
0: Yep, Right there with you, my friend. All right, Andrew, before we let you go here, uh, any teams, I guess, both in the West or the East, that you think could present some value that a lot of people aren't talking about? I mean, obviously, with the East, you know, Brooklyn's the top team, like we just mentioned, with the West. You get the Lakers, and even the Clippers, I think, are probably the next best, uh, best set to win. But any teams that a lot of people aren't talking about that you think could make some noises postseason?
2: Well, you would know the odds better than me, and I, I'm assuming even though the Jazz are first in the West, they're probably not the odds on favorite um, to win it. I haven't I haven't checked that specific feature in a while, but I have seen a lot of doubt about them. Um, you know, a lot of people, and I think this is natural. I think I subconsciously do this with a lot of teams too. When you look at a roster that doesn't have championship experience, it's just easier to pick the team that does. So Kawhi with the Clippers or, or LeBron with the Lakers, um, and I've fallen into this trap last year and the year before with the Bucs, um, a team that just put up historically great regular season numbers, which is what Utah has done. And then they kind of fall apart in the playoffs. Um, but if you just look at what the Jazz have done this regular season, I, I certainly think there's some value there. I think that's a very well-constructed team. A uh, bunch of shooters around Gobert, the, the most prolific three-point shooting team of all time. So I, you know I see them and I think, our team's really going to be able to stop them from making all those threes for four out of seven games. Um, you know, depending on what the odds are for them, that could be a, a good value play. And then in the East, I'll, I'll go with the team that I just said kind of burned me the last couple of years, and that's the Bucs. Um I, I think they figured some things out when they added Drew Holiday. He, he makes their offense a lot more dynamic, and I actually think he makes them a little more switchable on defense, too. When you look at teams in the East that can match up with the Nets, I don't know if there's a better roster than the Bucks. I mean, you can throw Giannis at KD, Drew Holiday at Kyrie Irving, and then Chris Middleton can at least try to stick with James Harden and maybe, maybe you switch Holiday and Middleton um, at times. But they have a ton of talent, and obviously Giannis is still ridiculous, so maybe, maybe they're one to look at in the East.
0: Yeah, both teams at about plus 325 to win their respective conference. So you're right. I mean, look, the Jazz, great regular season. People still not trusting them in the postseason. And Bucks, a lot of people kind of looking the other way on them, too, because of how much noise is around the Sixers and Nets. So some couple of options. Look forward to the NBA postseason that we're very excited to watch unravel. And, Andrew, we appreciate you taking some time tonight, my man. Enjoy the rest of your night and your weekend.
2: Appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: At Andrew D. Bailey is where you can catch him on Twitter. Great NBA writer over at Bleacher Report if you want to get more of his content. Love talking about this NBA play-in game. Man, very happy to see this go through, especially because, you know, if LeBron complains about something, that means it's going to be fun, baby. But no, we'll see how this all goes to fruition and looking further into the Eastern and Western Conference playoffs or futures, really, because we're sweating out the Sixers. Could be some opportunities with a team like the Clippers or the Jabs that Andrew just talked about in the Western Conference. A big thanks not only to Andrew, but Josh Applebaum for hopping on for another edition of Rush Hour. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. Best of luck with your wagers. Enjoy your weekend and take care. We'll catch up again on Monday right here on Rush Hour on Decent Esports Betting Network.